And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a fantastic week. Um, just me today. Just me doing a solo show. Going to be answering um, some listener mail questions today. I'm gonna, I got a whole bunch on Twitter over the last couple days. Uh, fantastic questions, as always. <laughs> Keep it up. Uh, anytime I do these, I, I really do uh, enjoy it. Hopefully you guys do, too. Um, some interesting questions, so I, I hope I have time to get to all of them. Uh, before I get to listener mail, guys, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Uh, please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe so you get alerts uh, when we put up new episodes, which is, of course, every Monday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. And if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved with the show, uh, please consider uh, supporting us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, let's jump right into listener mail. Got a lot of good questions. So uh, first question... Um, uh, how many executive orders uh, does it take to disarm the populace? Well, in terms of disarming the populace, in terms of gun control, the the month of January, in the month of January, the FBI initiated 4,317,804 background checks for uh, gun purchases. That's just in the month of January 2021. Okay, so this was the highest uh, uh, number for a single month ever. Uh, and the first month on record with over 4 million uh, background checks. So um, the American people are strapped up. <laughs> I, I just really do believe that the, the Democrats, I, I don't care what, what Biden says, what, what these, these kooks in Congress have to say. The Democrats lost the gun control argument last summer when they encouraged Black Lives Matter to burn down American cities and harm people and then bailed them out of prison after they after they did such. Uh, look, the whole arm, the whole country just decided to arm up. They, I mean, the American people are strapped. Uh, the left, by encouraging the riots over the summer, they, they've lost the uh, the gun control argument forever. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're not coming. They're, I mean, they're coming for our guns, but they will fail. It's just there's too many guns out there, four, four point, over 4.3 million more. Um in the hands of, of good, hardworking Americans in January alone. Uh, so God bless America. <laughs> uh, we, we won that argument, guys. So um, next question. If Phil sees his shadow before de Blasio gets a chance to kill him, <laughs> how many more executive orders will Biden sign before the dark winter is ended? Um, so I crunched the numbers. Joe, Joe Biden uh, is averaging 2.4 executive orders per day so far. Um, putting him on pace to issue 3,507 executive orders over the course of a four-year term, uh, which would essentially make him a, a, a communist dictator. Right? He, he said he, he said when he was campaigning la- last summer um, that he couldn't just govern by executive order because that would make him a dictator. Well, he's on pace for 3,500. Okay, <laughs> To put that in perspective, in four years, Donald Trump issued 69 uh executive orders so you know nice but also uh yikes i mean 3500 versus 69 that's a it's pretty stark contrast there and i just want to mention real quick on the topic of groundhog day one i like i don't know like it is probably time that we put the groundhog day thing to bed i mean it, it was a funny movie you know and i actually don't know how the heck we we got started on, on the groundhog day thing but 
what a bizarre ritual that we that we go through every February is real weird. But where I come from, around these parts, uh, the winter ends when the walleye start running. When the walleye uh, leave Lake Erie and start running up the Maumee River to spawn, that that's when you know winter is over. So, uh, in my experience, walleye are a heck of a lot more reliable uh, than groundhogs. I mean, I I wouldn't trust a groundhog as far as uh, Bill de Blasio could throw him. <laughs> uh, but uh, I definitely trust the wall. I, I So stop asking a groundhog, ask a walleye. They, they don't talk much, though. Good luck getting, getting two words out of them. Next question. What are your thoughts on the Marilyn Manson news? Uh, yeah, so Marilyn Manson, I, I forget the guy's real name, by the way. Um, yeah, I forget, but uh, he's been, uh, for anybody that missed it, credibly accused of sexual assault by a woman. Um, like, I, I've never met Marilyn Manson. Uh, we do have a lot of mutual friends. We've toured, me and the guys have toured with a bunch of bands that know him and have toured with him, know him well. And um, Obviously, this accusation is pretty bad. Um, I, I'm not surprised, to be honest. I, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to name names, obviously, but I do, I have a friend personally who was, uh, I, I'm not going to say assaulted, I don't know if that'd be the best word, um, but, you know, grabbed at, I suppose, and, and certainly propositioned for sex by Marilyn Manson. My friend is a guy, actually, so um, apparently when when it comes to sexual harassment, uh, Marilyn Manson doesn't discriminate. But, um, yeah, look, in, in the music biz, like, we've all heard stories about this dude and him just being a just a bad person, a bad guy. Um, and including it, I've heard a firsthand account from a good friend of mine. So, um, it, it's not a secret, uh, in the music business that this guy's a scumbag, but you know, it's sad. I mean, I, obviously I don't, I don't like as a devout Christian, I don't like, uh, Marilyn Manson's whole Satanist shtick that, that he does on stage, you know, but, uh, I mean, I like a lot of his songs like he's a talented guy. So it always, you know, sucks to find out that a talented artist is a, an abuser, you know, but you know, look. In, in the in the music biz in, in the circles I run in it, it's kind of an open secret this guy's a piece of trash so um, you know I'm not 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 shocked by by any means um, next question if you could find a compromise between a massive stimulus package and a full instant opening of the economy where do you think that it would lie and I guess um, excuse me hold on I guess I can answer this question a couple different ways um, first of all, like, where do I think this compromise will lie, uh, when, when Congress is done with it right now, I guess I'll answer that first. I mean, um, at least since the beginning of the, then my prediction on what's going to happen. Cause this has been, this is what's been happening over and over since at least the beginning of the Obama administration is that when, when Congress says they, they've comp- they've come to a compromise, what they mean is Democrats got 99% of what they wanted. Republicans got nothing. <laughs> But they they get to brag to their constituents that they you know they kept the Democrats from getting that final one percent right like that that's American politics the left wins the right caves that's what we've been watching over and over it doesn't matter who the president is doesn't even matter too much you know who controls Congress um, every compromise means the Democrats get most of what they want and, and we on the right get nothing and I, I think this next COVID deal will be more the same and in reality I mean look we've we've added over $4 trillion, I believe, already um, to the national debt with these COVID bills, and Biden wants another $2 trillion, $1.9 trillion, technically, uh, which is madness, right? I, we obviously can't afford it, but, uh, I mean, look, are the Democrats really going to compromise on anything? I mean, they're, they're coming to the realization miraculously after they they use these lockdowns to defeat 
President Trump that they should probably think about reopening the the economy. But I mean, the the left, the the Democrats are also you know slaves to the teachers' unions who have decided that they're never going to go back to work ever again. So um, it'll be interesting to see how the left tries to navigate that. But I mean, the damage has already been done economically through these leftist governors' lockdowns. I mean, it's it's going to get ugly for a long time, and the damage has been done. Um, obviously, open up the economy forthwith. Um, try to stop the bleeding, but. Uh, the damage has been done, unfortunately. It's going to be ugly for a long time. A lot of these these jobs have, are gone forever, especially in the restaurant industry, bars. Uh, you know, things like that are, I don't know, what, 30, 40, 50 percent of them are going to be gone. And that's a lot of that's tens of millions of people that their jobs are not coming back. They're just gone forever. Um, so I, mean, I don't even know. Like if it were up to me, obviously, I'd say no new stimulus, open up the economy fully. But it's one, it's not going to happen. Um and, I mean, th- so much damage has been done already. Um, we just need to pass laws, man. We need to prevent something like this from ever happening again. I'm talking specifically to these Republican state legislatures. I think there's there's something like 17, 18 states that have unified uh, uh, Republican legislatures. These Republican state, state legis- legislators need to pass laws that say if their governor tries to shut down their state's economy for any reason, that they'll be removed from office and prosecuted for crimes against humanity. How's that for a compromise? Okay, that's the Brady Leonard compromise. All right, governor, if you want to be a communist, well, you're going to be in chains the rest of your life. That seems like a must. That seems like a fair compromise to me. Tell these governors, don't be a commie, don't be a tyrant, or you're going to spend the rest of your life in prison. I mean, I, I don't know. I what what these people have done for political gain has been sick disgusting and quite frankly i'm not interested in compromising with any of these degenerates republican or democrat i mean my governor mike dewine as well actually more on him later in the show i have another question about mike dewine next question did you make any money on game stonk <laughs> um no, I did not. And look, I've had a blast uh, just watching this past week unfold, obviously. Um, it's been a lot of fun um, watching these these Redditors take on Wall Street and, and, and all of that. And I've been trying to read up on, on all of this as much as I possibly can. I, not that I've had a whole bunch of time. And I, me and my wife are in the process of buying a new house, and it's taken up a ton of time, and, and it's been super stressful. So um, I haven't been able to dive into stocks as much as I would have liked to. But I didn't jump on board uh, because it would have been too late in the game. I mean, it, it was really tempting to buy GameStop, Game, Game, Game Stock, GameStop or AMC, um, but you just can't chase the easy money, man. And that's how you get get held, you know, left holding the bag. Um, if you try to jump in late on a trend, it, it's more often than not you're already too late. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I I wish I was all over the the Reddit Wall Street bet bets thread. You know, for months and and bought GameStop at, at Game GameStop GameStop at four bucks a share. You know, uh, a couple weeks ago, but I didn't. You know, I wish I would have bought AMC at two dollars a share a month ago, but I didn't. You know, like uh, even right now, man. Of course, it's tempting. Like you know, you're scrolling through Robinhood or Rebull or or whatever, and you know, GameStop is down to you know eighty five, ninety bucks a share right now. It's super tempting to buy to buy in now, right? Like. GameStop was at four hundred dollars a share four days ago. It was at three fifty a share a couple days ago, but it's like, what's likelier? You know, I don't know if it's likelier, and I don't have the answer to this. I have no idea. I'm not trying to give you any advice at all. But like, is it likelier that uh, GameStop will go up from what is it at now? I'll look it up. 
What is GameStop sitting at? Uh, okay, GameStop is at yeah ninety one dollars a share. Like no no now you're right, jumping up ninety three fifty a share right now. Like what what's likelier? Are they going to go back up over two hundred over three hundred, or is it likelier that they go back down to five four five dollars a share or go down to zero? I mean, like, this company could be bankrupt soon. I mean, they are a failing company. Like, they, they've not been turning profits for a long time. People just don't buy video games in stores anymore. Um, you know, I basically only buy Halo games every three, four years when they release a new one. But, like, all my gamer friends, you know, they just order stuff online. Usually they just download games, you know. So, I don't know, man. Like, it, I don't think it's all that likely to bounce back up. It would probably be too risky to, to buy in now and... and I'm not going to be the guy left holding the bag at the end, at the end of all this. So, um, no, I think it's great. I think it's great that people are standing up for the little guy. I, I, I think it's great that people are calling BS um, and, and realizing that, that the system is rigged against us, you know, whether that's Wall Street, whether that's government, whether it's the press. I, th- I like it when people call BS. I think it's good, um, obviously, as a libertarian. <laughs> so, um, But, no, I, I didn't jump in. I didn't, I didn't throw any money at it. I, just, I figured I was in too late, and it looks like I was probably right about that. All right, are you excited about the Super Bowl this year? I mean, look, man, uh, it was a tough end to the season as a Steelers fan, um, but of course I'm excited for Bucks Chiefs. <laughs> I mean, come on, man! Like if you have a, if you're a sports fan with a pulse, you have to be excited for the Super Bowl. Oh, side note, um, apparently there wasn't any positive tests from Chiefs players, but um, there was a story that I don't know if ESPN or who published it yesterday morning that um, the barber. That uh, that the Chiefs brought in to give uh, the players like some fresh new haircuts for the Super Bowl week. Uh, the day after he cut all the guys' hair uh, in the Chiefs facility, uh, he tested positive for COVID. <laughs> so I'm like, oh come on, man! Like, are are half of the Chiefs players all gonna test positive and they're gonna have to pick up a bunch of scabs off the street to, to play against Tom Brady? Like, oh my goodness, no, no! We, the American people need a, a healthy. Bucks Chiefs Super Bowl, but apparently I don't. I don't think any Chiefs players have uh, tested positive, so that's good news. But um, yeah, man, I'm excited. You know, Patrick Mahomes against Tom Brady. You know, Bruce Arians. You know, uh, what's his name? Andy Reid. Two great coaches. Two great defenses. I mean, it's just yeah, you know, yeah, man. Of course, Mike Evans, Travis Kelsey, Gronk, Tyree Kill. I mean, who wouldn't be excited for that? I, I have struggled with who to root for. You know, like I. Uh, I can't stand, as a Steelers fan, I really can't stand Tom Brady. You know, I really can't, I still can't stand the Patriots, but specifically Tom Brady. And that travels, that disdain for the man travels uh, across state lines, apparently. So <laughs> I now dislike the Bucks, But it's like, but the Chiefs are the press's team, right? Like the sports media, if, if anybody didn't like watch sports media as much as I do, they're just as bad as normal political media. Like, they're just as ridiculous and insane and biased and leftist and ridiculous and, and hyperbolic <laughs> as, you know, CNN is. They're every bit. ESPN is every bit as ridiculous and disappointing as CNN. And sports media, the entire sports press, has chosen the Chiefs as their team. Like, they've decided that the Chiefs are the second coming. They've decided that Patrick Holmes is the greatest athlete of all time, even though he's in his, like, third season. <laughs> you know what I mean? Third, fourth season, whatever it is. And so it's like, man, do I dislike? So I like when the press is sad, so I should want the Bucks to win. But I can't stand Tom Brady, so I should want the Chiefs to win. 
So do I dislike the press more than I dislike Tom Brady? The answer is yes. I dislike the press more than I dislike Tom Brady. So I will reluctantly be rooting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I can't believe, I cannot believe if you told me a year ago I'd be rooting for Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, brother, I'd have some choice words for you, but you guys know how much I dislike the press. So that's the deciding factor here. I'm rooting against the press's best interests. As always, right? I guess that just kind of my worldview. That, that, is, my, that is my disposition. Okay, so one last question, but it's kind of a three-part question. I really like the one. I like this one. I saved this one uh, for last so I can spend some time on it. It's an interesting question and a difficult question, <laughs> a painful question uh, to, to answer, actually. If you had to choose between these choices for president, who would you choose? So this is it's a three-part question, and it's strictly A or B. I have to pick one. I can't add any amendments or anything. It's just A or B. Who would you choose if you were the only person voting for president between these two options? And there's three sets of, of these options. All right. So the, the first choice I have to make, strictly A or B. I can't just say no. I can't, add, I can't, I can't throw in another name, right? Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden? Biden. Because of the Alzheimer's. I mean, it, it's that simple, right? Like, Joe has Alzheimer's, Bernie doesn't. I mean, I'm not saying Bernie Sanders is a genius, but he, you know, he hasn't lost his faculties to the point that that Joe Biden has. And you know, not only is Bernie more of a communist than Joe Biden is, but I mean, look, I, honestly, they, this last couple of weeks, uh, are you looking at anything different if it was Bernie Sanders elected president? Joe Biden, he's issued you know more executive orders than anyone ever. You know, he's surrounded himself with communists, with with hard leftists. Uh, so, you know, but look, if you're getting communism one way or the other, I take the dumb commie over the smart comedy any day of the week, man. I think, you know, uh, I, I, I take the dumber option any day. I mean, hopefully his mental state will keep him from doing evil things, right? I mean, hopefully his, his mental decline will honestly keep him from uh, accomplishing some of his goals that, that would destroy the country, that would that would diminish this, this country that I love. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty easy. And just morally speaking, I, I do believe Joe Biden is a much— just better human being than Bernie Sanders. Uh, I think his uh, intentions are a lot less malicious. I think Bernie Sanders knows what he's doing, and his goals are to destroy um, this country and and the West, Western civilization. And I, I don't think that's Biden's goal by any stretch of the imagination. So I think out of those two, obviously, obviously old Joe, old slow Joe. This next this next one's even better. This keeps getting better. Um, Lindsey Graham or Mitt Romney? <laughs> <laughs> which is brutal it's brutal all right so there's a lot uh, like to make this decision i mean obviously two of my least favorite republicans but this is a great question romney it's got to it's got to be romney right i mean they're both big government leftists who love spending money who wouldn't do a darn thing to shrink the size and scope of the federal government that wouldn't shrink the administrative state. It wouldn't, you know. But at least old, old boy Mitt isn't obsessed with bombing brown folks, right? <laughs> like, at least Mitt Romney would probably be slightly better on on the topic of war in the Middle East. Um, so you got to go with, with with old boy Mitt, right? With old Pierre Delecto. Um, but that's the thing. Like, but Romney, he's such a squish. Like, he's, he's Romney isn't standing up to the Democrats. He's not standing up to the press. The press, I mean, I look, I... 
I liked Romney in 2012. I enthusiastically voted for him, and I watched him as the press ripped him to pieces, and he didn't do anything about it. He didn't fight back once, and at least uh, Lindsey Graham, you know, at least Lindsey Graham 2.0, uh, who's fed up with the press, um, would, would fight back, would punch the press in the mouth, you know, would stand up to Chuck Schumer and, and the leftists on, on Capitol Hill, um, at least a little bit. But and then he'd want to go after Iran, <laughs> you know. And if Iran looks at him wrong, he'd you know the predator drones would be flying thirty seconds later. So it's like, oh, man, I don't know, I don't know. I might have to go Mitt. That's not an easy choice. That's not I, Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney. Fine. This one's bad. This one, guys. This is gonna be a tough one. John Kasich or Mike DeWine. <laughs> <laughs> my current governor or my former governor? What a terrific question. What are you doing to me right now? Um, okay, so this is painful. This is painful. What I'm about to say is painful because Mike DeWine is a dictator who should be removed from office, maybe even thrown in jail for what he's done. I mean, there's still a... he. Oh, he moved the curfew, so now I have a curfew. I'm not allowed out of my house after 11 p.m. He said since, since his children, the 11.5 million citizens of Ohio, are doing so well that he extended our privileges from 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. for the curfew. So we're allowed to to drive around at night, you know, from from 10 to 11 uh, when we couldn't last week. But, I mean, he's a, obviously a horrible, horrible um, governor, and, and he should be removed from office for his insane, evil, unscientific, ridiculous communist lockdowns. But, but look, with all that being said, we I, I had eight years of John Kasich, and Kasich is a leftist. He's pro-abortion. He's anti-gun. Uh, he's a Democrat. I mean, he, he's he's just a Democrat. Uh, expanded, you know, welfare and, and Medicare and Medicaid and everything. Um, Mike DeWine, for all of his faults, you know, he's been very good on pro-life issues. Uh, for all of his faults, he signed the Stand Your Ground uh, bill into law. So now, uh, and formerly, um, Ohio was not a Stand Your Ground state until until a few weeks ago. So uh, we used to have, if somebody was trying to murder me and my family, we'd have to run away. Uh, and let that person chase us <laughs> before I could shoot and kill him. <laughs> right now, if somebody tries to kill me and my family, I can just shoot him right in the chest, which is, of course, yeah. side note, nobody was going to run away first. <laughs> Ohio was always a stand-your-ground state, whether Kasich liked it or not. But, yeah, look, so you got to give DeWine credit at least for that. But um, I as much as, as, as much as it pains me to say, I'm going to look at the full body of work here. And I'm going to say Mike DeWine is a significant improvement, despite the lockdowns, despite all this. And like, here's the thing. John Case, did you think he would have been great on lockdowns? He would have locked the state down just as hard, if not harder, right? So you got to look at the full body of work. Um, have to be objective here and say Mike DeWine's the better option. But I, I will tell you guys, um, obviously Ohio can do better, and we will. I, I promise you we will do better next time around. I'm sure we're we're an embarrassment to the Republican Party right now, but, yeah. We'll do better. Uh, great questions, as always. Keep them coming every time we do this. I will try to do these more often as well. Um, I've got, who do I have coming on on Monday? Uh, Remzo. My buddy Remzo Martinez is back on. It's been a while. So it'll be fun to chat with him on uh, on Monday. He couldn't come on today because he got the Rona, unfortunately. Hopefully he recovers quickly. And uh, he, he developed a pneumonia and lost his voice. So uh, he, he's 
feeling well enough to, to do a podcast, but he physically can't talk. So uh, hopefully he'll be back in action. And, and he said he'll come on Monday. So uh, that'll be fun. And, and I was I, I love you guys as always. Thank you so much for the great feedback I'm getting. I appreciate you guys. Uh, one more time, follow us on Twitter. Follow my personal account at Brady Leonard, the podcast account at No Gimmicks Pod. Uh, make sure to subscribe and all that. Um, thank you, guys. I, I appreciate you, as always. Hope hope you have as much fun with these uh, Q&As as, as, as I do. Uh, that's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Oh, 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 oh